Hello, hello, and welcome to The Good Sheet. The Good Sheet is sponsored by you. This episode's featured reward is the colourful sheet. There's always more inside. Comfort t-shirt with a front print, more colours inside. Available in grey, white, black, charcoal, red, purple, navy, blue, yellow, or mint green. Receive this reward and browse others at the More Colours Inside store linked in this episode's description. Welcome to this episode where I am not in the mood. You know how whenever you launch um, a thing where you have to put in a lot of work or very regular work and then the feedback comes later, sometimes much later, years later, you basically have to somehow persuade yourself to crack on with it in the absence of much feedback. And just hope that the reward comes later. Now, normally in my work, I really don't have a problem with this. In fact, in terms of the marshmallow test of delaying gratification, I'm extremely good at that. But for some reason, when it comes to a very kind of purely creative endeavor that doesn't necessarily have much of a repetitive day-to-day work element to it, like this podcast, I struggle with it. I really struggle with with delaying gratification. And I think the thing is, it would be very easy for me to pander to my preachy nature and just there will be an infinity of dumb topics and dumb people that are just extremely easy for me to you know, beat down and argue against and feel good about it. But the truth is, where these things are quite negative in nature, it does take a toll on me. And this is, um, this is like it is in many, um, kind of artistic pursuits where people expect this routine reward from you, but what it requires from you to create it is actually your feelings and you can end up getting extremely drained at the end of it. So there's almost an element of sacrifice that you need to be interested in as an artist, as a creative individual, to say, you know what, yeah, have it, have have all of me. You know. Anyway, the point is I, I have no intention of allowing this to descend which it could very easily do, to descend into a really negative downward spiral of pandering to being a sort of uh, a a preachy negative sort of um, uh, conversation or narrative. It's more of a monologue, really. So the intention... On the good sheet, and I have to, <laughs> I have to keep reminding, keep resetting the intention, was certainly not that, and I know I can fall into it because it's tempting. It is so tempting, so tempting. Um, the intention was more about vulnerability. Can I be vulnerable 
without necessarily having to tie that up with attacking someone. Because attacking is so, not just easy sometimes, but satisfying. It is satisfying. Um, there was a YouTube video made by a prominent YouTuber uh, relatively recently that was talking about violence and why why we can't seem to get enough of it. Why we laugh at it and we're entertained by it, we're compelled by it. We like violence. In some ways, we like violence. You know, video games and and, and movies and even subtle violence, maybe not physical violence, but mental violence, debating, politics, culture wars. We like it, we want it, we're addicted to it. So if you're faced with your own vulnerability, that on the face value is an issue in terms of winning these wars, it becomes plugged into your strategy to attack others. So if you feel like you need to express your vulnerability because people don't seem to like you very much for whatever reason, it is more appealing and difficult to say no to the temptation to turn that into an attack. So... If, let's say, if you feel like there's no good people or no one's paying you any attention, you're going to try to frame it in a way that makes it seem like it's their fault, there's something wrong with these people, so you've got, you've got these anti-feminists, you've got all these narratives, and I think... It's just insane how they they are all built the same way. The anatomy, the anatomy of a mind war is identical, where it all revolves around a core vulnerability and cocooning the vulnerability in some shield and then turning the shield into a weapon. So this thing that starts out as a mere vulnerability then ends up by accident or intentionally attacking other people. Sometimes people who have have nothing to do with it even, who are not even remotely part of this whole thing. Um, And sometimes you don't realize that this is happening until at some point someone knocks on your door and says they're offended or... You've, you've hurt them and you're like, what do you mean? You know, that was not my intention. What's going on? And that's how convoluted these things can be. And so I don't want to fall prey to that and just think, okay, what is my vulnerability? Good Lord, where do I even begin? There's a lot going on there. I've gone through the vulnerabilities of being seen as a woman and I'm now learning the vulnerabilities of being seen as a man. And as I said before, there's a lot of vulnerabilities, but the problem is they don't see each other. They don't acknowledge each other. They're not aware of each other. So you've got these really unhelpful conversations akin to arguing over a green sachet 
or or a, a, a an orange sachet and you are so stuck in this back and forth of how green is green and how orange is orange and which one is better and which one is you know you 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 are creating this dynamic based purely on the perception that whether the sachet is green or orange defines everything and then it doesn't even occur to you that it might be possible that once you open the sachets they have the exact same contents they are the same but because of these apparent oppositions people are not going to yield they are not going to let down their defenses and say you know what let me listen to this let me give it a chance let me maybe see if there's some truth to it and sometimes as flexible as you think your mind is it really isn't your mind has no interest in building a genuine picture of the truth that accounts for every single person and every single experience and every single point of view your mind has no interest in doing that even if you think you're a smart person you think you're an academic you think you're open-minded you're not it it is still a very abstracted expression of your pure ego because people cannot let go of that it is very difficult to really let go of it so the more you try to persuade yourself that your point of view is is right you know you're just in some convoluted acrobatic manner you're just defending yourself because you see how people truly react when they are being threatened people are capable of anything in terms of mental gymnastics to protect their beliefs anything anything at all you know the earth is flat um you don't need to take insulin if you were a diabetic you just pray the illness away people will clutch onto absolutely anything to try to give themselves the best version of reality that they can so they feel safe in their identity people will say that feminism destroyed society people will say that the patriarchy destroyed society people will say that men are creepy rapists people will say that women are psychopathic shit jobs none of those things literally none of those things are even remotely valid as some version of the truth purely because what they have in common is aggression from 
suffering, aggression coming from suffering. And that, that will never be the truth. You know, you can delude people into clinging on to some sort of cult-like belief for a while, but then the only way that that may accidentally lead to a prosperous society is the these accidental things that come with it. So if this person thinks that their devout Christianity has made them into a wonderful human, it's actually not the case. You know, if, if this cult uh, has built this extremely intelligent society and they think it's because they're genetically superior or they think it's because of their religion or they think, you know, if they think it's because of anything that ultimately comes from pain of, from a place, from a pain of suffering, from a place of suffering, that is not actually true. It is just a coincidence. If, uh, you know, if a Christian society that sees themselves as wonderful people uh, attributes it to the crusades or something, um, that's not true. It's just, it's, it's a coincidence. You are a nice person. You are a valuable person. You have something to offer. You don't need a dogma. You don't need a war to prove it. I write down um, some interesting topics um, that I could talk about at great length. But I have, I have noticed that a lot of them are quite toxic in that way. There's all these hurt people that are trying... The thing is, they don't even necessarily realize that what they're doing is attacking others. They are, in a subtle way, waging war on other people. And I don't want to be part of that. The thing is, this is a very natural thing for me to be part of. It is, it is in my blood. I can do it very well. And I keep wanting to go back to that feeling of winning. But this brings me to the King of Swords, the king that defeated, decapitated the other guy and uh, therefore won the battle. And he stood there holding this dead guy's head in his hands, looking down, feeling a bit heavy and really not in a good mood. That is not a good feeling. So... Even though there is this stimulation and reward of winning, sometimes it's not worth it. Sometimes it's not worth it. And especially if you don't appreciate the toll that it can take on you, you are probably going to hurt yourself in some way. So sometimes you have to say no. I'm going to say no. This time I'm going to say no. Um, yeah, it would be easy. It would be easy. So easy for me to do. But I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And the thing is, if you stick to the 
to the meaningful, genuine core vulnerabilities of your experience and you appreciate the importance of opening up and appreciate the possibility that other people will understand and will help you instead of condemn you or attack you. If you don't try to fixate and spend too much time in the realms of toxic toxicity and negativity, there will only be so much that you have to share. Once you've decided that you're going to just open up, there will there will be an avalanche. You know, there's this baggage that you are releasing. But I think soon after, at some point, eventually, that will be it. You will have run out of it and you will need to spend some more time building some other things up before you then can do the same process again. So, yeah, it's a bit like a singer writing about a breakup. Well, wonderful inspiration, but then you're, you know, you're, you, you get over it and maybe you're in a good relationship. All of a sudden, you can no longer make a great song about breakup because you're not going through that. So, I think in the beginning of the good shit, I had a lot of that baggage. And I feel like I have really unloaded most of it in the sort of 30 plus episodes that I've recorded so far. And even though I'm aware of many other things that are going on in my life at present, maybe on a more... um, on, on, a, on a smaller level or on a more recent level, I appreciate that they are relatively fresh or relatively new in this process of holding on to things and then letting them go. So I'm not actually able or maybe even comfortable opening up about the things that are, some of the things that are going on now, you know. And I think this actually go this actually ties in with the process of transitioning because you have to wait an extremely long time for even the smallest uh, hint of progress. Um, You have to wait months and months for this and then months and months for that and then years and years for that. So there's this weird process of um, really learning to be patient and to be okay in 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 the present moment, appreciating that there is a waiting period that sometimes is quite long. And so you almost, you know, the thing that you are intending to do becomes quite abstract. And it's sort of, there's, there's very little in your so-called real life that, embodies this particular thing let's say surgery so after you've waited for quite a long time then suddenly when it's actually happening it could be happening very you know relative relative to how long you've waited it will be happening very quickly everything's just happening at once it's all very much happening it feels like it's very fast paced all of a sudden so there is this um there's this weird switch of um, moods between 
being very frustrated with something not happening and having to have a very long momentum building up to it happening a lot of appointments a lot of blood tests a lot of a lot of paperwork a lot of administrative issues a lot of this type of thing and then and then switching to everything actually happening very quickly and becoming becoming very real because this thing is sort of you know um sloshing around in your head in terms of oh do i want to do it this way or do i do i want to do it that way and um how do i feel about these potential implications or these potential risks and it's all kind of in your head with absolutely no implication outside of your head um and then all of a sudden it's becoming real and that that that's quite a can be quite a sharp transition where all of a sudden oh it's happening it's happening so but of course you know say for surgery it is you know initially daunting especially if you've never really had surgery before it seems like this big deal i see a lot of people who for whatever reason have had multiple surgeries and to them you know they've got over it they're kind of it doesn't phase them anymore right one of those scary things that can very quickly become mundane and definitely not scary a bit like let's say a bit like flying as well you know the first time if i think it's the first time i fl- i flew i was a child so i really didn't have this fear going on in me at that point and i loved it there was absolutely no anxiety whatsoever so it was it was actually as an adult that i sort of flew let's say for the first time in the sense of experiencing that anxiety and fear and thinking oh my god i'm actually scared and then if you have to fly a few times in the same week it's just this boring thing that you don't give a fucking shit about anymore um but then again if you haven't flown for a few years and then you have to fly again all of a sudden you think oh my god this feels really new again and ooh i'm kind of you know i'm kind of uh feeling it uh, a little bit um and of course we've got the people that never fly if, even when you say it's the safest mode of transportation they will just never fly and i think that's really sad because at the end of the day i like to think of myself as um a fairly rational person so even if there is even if there is a reason to feel great anxiety about something if statistically it is fine then your reason for not doing it is simply fear purely fear and and that to me is an offense you know i think i would feel really horrible about myself if i didn't do something that i really wanted to do that was objectively statistically a reasonable safe thing to do just out of fear so I, i i don't really allow myself to spend too much time in that mindset so i wasn't going to record this episode actually i thought you know what fuck this um <laughs> is this is this weird um kind of war between oh you're supposed you're supposed to do this and and it's like no you're not supposed to do this i think the thing is 
you should only do... <laughs> it's quite funny. My mother was saying the other day, she was complaining about something that she thought that she had to do that actually she didn't have to do. Um, this totally made up sense of <clears throat> having to do something. Uh, and I, I ended up telling her, if you can't do it with a smile on your face, don't do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, th I think the internet and the way people consume media on the internet has created this environment where, this environment of, enti of entitled entitlement um, where, where people feel, in, feel entitled to being entertained and, and having their attention hooked onto something um, and and the apparent rewards of fame or money make a lot of people quite comfortable comfortable giving that away and they make fools of themselves sometimes they endanger themselves swallowing tide capsules and you know I'm not one of those people. I, I really value my sanity. I value my my independence. I I will not be one of those people. No, no can do. And so I can't really guarantee that there will be any more of that baggage that I have that I would like to uh, unload via this podcast in a healthy manner without just resorting to yeah, ranting about other people. You know, it is fun. It is fun, but um, I, I, the thing is that the more I spend time consuming this type of content, the more I really want to move away from it because it is so horrific and horrible. It's horrible stuff, horrible stuff. Whether it's the feminists, whether it's the anti-feminists, whether it's the men, whether it's the women, whether it's the trans people, whether it's the detransitioners, a lot of this stuff is absolutely contaminated with hate. And I think it's such a shame because, do you know what, I think there could be a book written about this that would be really brilliant. The title would be, with one word per line on the cover, we are all right. We are all right, okay? Um, there are bridges between the left and the right, men and women, these people and those people. These bridges exist, but people are convinced that they don't. I remember really not understanding the whole... Mm, you know, I don't know, um, working class, male conservative sect, let's say. Really just being like, oh, what a bunch of self-pitying saddos, uh, racist motherfuckers, screw them. Um, and certainly, those hateful views and those hateful behaviours are truly horrific. But the problem is, and this is what they don't realize is going against them, and each group doesn't understand that these attacks are going against them. These things are simply used as ammunition by others to prove that they are crazy and they are insane and their experiences are not valid. If they spend their time simply voicing their grievances in a respectful, vulnerable way, 
they would probably get a lot further. And, you know, I've come across these constructs that explain uh, or maybe justify how these people would have this opinion, why these people would hold on to these beliefs. And there's stories of being cheated on, uh, being financially extorted, um, being deceived. And this, at first I thought, extremely bizarre viewpoint of them working and paying taxes and that tax money going to fund various welfare programs that are, they think, primarily used by single mothers who have sort of rejected men in a personal sense to have a family with and are just indirectly using their efforts via the taxes to raise their children that they had with other men who were not interested in having a family and who are not interested in being fathers or whatever. There's all these stories that they tell themselves. How much of them are kind of true and how much of it is complete nonsense? I don't know. I'm not an academic. I don't have these statistics. They say they have the statistics. They say, oh, the vast majority of divorces are initiated by women and this is how much men lose. And this, you know, the, the thing is, it's easy enough to construct a story. Um, but the point is, once you get to the core of the experience that creates these opinions and beliefs, you understand it. It might not be justifiable even, but you definitely understand it. You can see, okay, I see why this person would do this. It's like someone on death row who has murdered a million people and you think, oh, this person's horrific. Um, and then someone makes this emotional movie about how they had a horrific childhood and they were molested and abused in unbelievable ways. And you think, you know what? I'm not surprised this person would end up a psychopath. Um, it really doesn't surprise you, you know? So if 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 these men think, oh, women want these immigrants to come to the country and steal the money because they're single mothers because they don't are not interested in men and they're going to cheat on them. You know, from that perspective, I'm not surprised that these beliefs would arise and vice versa. Of course, I had a head start on the female point of view because I was treated as female to begin with, uh, you know, at, at odds with my internal identity but still the exact same experience in terms of seeing how people treat you. So I was very readily plugged into those experiences based on how people were treating me as female. And it was just very obvious how women are treated like crap and the need for feminism and raising awareness of multiple issues when you experience it, it doesn't need explanation, right? So some guys don't understand it whatsoever because they simply don't experience it. I think some things cannot be communicated. They can only be experienced. 
it takes kind of a lifetime to really see the full circle of where you fit in with other people, to see the full circle of whether you get cheated on and why you get cheated and how it makes you feel, how it, how it makes you feel with regards to your identity and your sexuality. And all these stories take a long time to build up and to kind of come to something. And it's very difficult to really get people to understand. But I think certainly appealing to our shared vulnerability is the best attempt at making people understand and not attacking each other. And I think this brings me to the point about singers and music and how sometimes I wonder, I mean, don't get me wrong, old people are always bashing young people's music and all of that, but you listen to the radio and you think, you know, how come people seem to agree on these messages? And the thing is, you do have, con- not contradictory, but opposing songs. You've got a song from a woman's perspective talking about this creepy guy that won't take no for an answer and doesn't understand that she only sees him as a friend. You've got the counterpart song of a guy talking about uh, this woman who's leading him on and just playing mind games and being manipulative. But it, it almost seems as though, even if people do not have that specific experience, music kind of makes them just get it on a gut level. They can sort of kind of get it. They can sort of see how you would be tired of someone pestering you. They can see how you'd be tired of someone manipulating you. And so these detailed experiences that are impossible for us to have individually as, as the different versions of, of, of different experiences in different situations, this kind of message can actually reach us. And even if we don't really understand what it's about and what's going on, uh, for a moment, we can sort of vibe with it and be like, oh, yeah, I sort of, I, I sort of kind of get it, maybe, even if not in a very specific manner. So there you go. I ended up making an episode about how I didn't want to make an episode. See? It's like Matrix level, Inception level, mind fuckery. Badooch. I thought I wanted to talk about Maritza, this um, uh, up-and-coming uh, YouTube detransitioned woman who transitioned and detransitioned like five times apparently, um, who thinks that diabetics taking insulin is toxic and then they're going to suffer because... In- there is so much nonsense there. But you see what I mean? I don't want to dwell on some person saying some stupid shit. Ah, this is not what the good shit is about. The good shit is about just being vulnerable. Just being vulnerable. Of course, I can't help it. There will always be some rant about some stupid shit. It's inevitable. Uh, but I do want to keep reminding myself of the core, the core intention here which is trying to be vulnerable without having to bash other people, especially when it is so easy. Especially when it is so easy. I think we need 
to take on people our own size in these battles. To pick on arguments and people our own size. And guess what? You are the only person that is your own size. I am the only person that is my own size. This is our own battle with ourselves. Boom! Ending on an inspirational motherfucking note. <laughs> Whew. Right. Thank you for listening. Now go back to the Good Sheet info page and write your review. Write your review because I look forward to reading it. Now, honestly, as much as I said, you know, I'm going to do these episodes for like at least a year to say that I was regular. Um, But the truth is, you need to have some sort of back and forth, some sort of back and forth. I think there's about maybe two or three people that I think are actually, you know, listening to every single episode and being super, super engaged with it. Um, But honestly, if you are that person, tell me, let me know. Talk to me. Talk to me. Okay, 